Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we interview Sabrina Francis, councillor and mayor of Camden. For those that don't know, Camden is a London borough north of the Thames and well worth a visit. It's about eight and a half square miles and has an estimated population of around 270,000 people according to Wikipedia. We speak to Sabrina about her experience of working with charities before being mayor and how her new role will help to deliver for charities. We also speak about how charities can work with their local mayor to increase awareness and fundraising for their cause wherever they are. This episode is brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Charity People. So without further ado, here is Mayor of Camden, Sabrina Francis. I'm delighted to be joined by Mayor of Camden, Councillor Sabrina Francis. Sabrina, welcome to Charity Chat. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to do a podcast and like speak to lots of people in a really interesting sector and a sector that I care about and used to really, really want to work in. You've got experience of working in the, the sector, haven't you? Yeah, so when I graduated, I graduated into a recession, which was great, um, and then kind of interned wherever anyone would have me. Um, So I interned at Inter University. Okay. So yeah, a charity that kind of helps disadvantaged kids with after school clubs and kind of advice and help and access to education. And so there's always like a team of grads who run schemes there. So I started there. um, And that feels like a really long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it's always yeah I've always kind of when pe- if people used to ask me where I wanted to work I'd always be like oh a charity like a trade union or someone doing good stuff yeah um, and is is that kind of I suppose you know was that coming from your own kind of like your childhood I mean I've, I've talked about it in the past you know my first direct mail campaign was when I was 12 and doing a paper round which probably probably doesn't happen anymore I don't think you get 12 year olds doing paper no, rounds anymore I think it's probably like against health and safety rules probably is right yeah you have to be probably quite sensible actually having yeah, kids yeah. Up the of and also people who who gets a newspaper these days i don't know maybe you know i'm obviously some people do. Yeah. yeah was so was that was that like that for you were you, were you um did you have experience of, of volunteering or supporting charities growing yeah, up well, i think i was always involved in stuff uh as a student or even just at school like I was always one of those people that would be on school council even in like year four when like your primary school sort of have a school council and pretend they're going to listen to what the kids want (laughs) Um, and that kind of like continued through uh, secondary school and then I was like vice president of my student union so I stayed an extra year to be a sabbatical officer and obviously student unions are charities Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the whole idea of like getting stuck in and trying to change stuff always kind of really like spoke to me in that sort of well if not me who kind of way like yeah. there's only so long you can wait for someone to like help you before you see a problem yourself and you're willing to get involved and it's quite empowering getting involved isn't it I mean I, I remember I think back to you know some of the first the volunteering that I did as a as a kind of a teenager and uh, it really felt as you say you know so especially when you're a teenager it was certainly I can only talk for myself I guess I shouldn't generalize but you know I was had itchy feet there was a lot of things I couldn't do and then suddenly yeah. I get the opportunity to actually go out and do something and that felt quite empowering to me yeah um, I absolutely agree I think there's so many things in the world that you can't control if you find something that you can have a small impact in yeah I don't really know how to like not take the opportunity I think yeah. just like there's yeah just 
tons of things outside of our control as we've seen in the last like 15 months uh Absolutely. but yeah getting stuck in um really helps and can be rewarding in different ways because obviously you know we all have like day jobs and sometimes um you may not be able to do exactly what you want in that area of your life but you can find a charity that really speaks to you so i also um do crisis at christmas so i've done that for oh, yeah I think last year would have been my eighth year, but obviously they had to like kind of restructure the service last year. And like genuinely, they're like the best three days of my year. It's so great. Like there's always a new bunch of people. I tend to work in the kitchen because I love cooking. So we'll just spend like three days, you know, like just chopping carrots and making meals and helping people. And at the end of the day, when they kind of count up how many meals we provided, like it's incredible. I could just be like at home eating Quality Street and there's nothing wrong with that, but kind of... You know, in those middle crimbo limbo days to go and um, yeah. cook for people who really need support is always an absolute highlight of my year. I love that. I, I've, I've got experience of doing that as well. I remember it was a few years ago now. We we live outside London, but when I lived in London, um, I, I did that a few Christmases. The uh, it, was, it was often it was often sitting kind of protecting or blocking a doorway or being out on the street I used to be a smoker back then this was a few years ago where kind of smoking was much more acceptable glad I'm not a smoker anymore but you know so I'm like talking to people out on the door and really kind of it gave me a real sense of Christmas you know I guess getting into my my 30s and not having kids back then as the kind of Christmas was kind of like you know it's a holiday but it wasn't anything particularly special then singing carols all day with um you know, kind of uh, rough sleepers from all sorts of uh, backgrounds who are living in, uh, you know, in that kind of situation. Um, it was really, yeah, it is really good. Yeah, really good. And I think like the range of roles are really good as well. Cause as you say, like sitting, protecting doorway, gap duty, as they call it, making yeah. sure that you know, kind of people don't go into where they're not supposed to be in the building. Cause obviously, yeah. you know, crisis get these buildings from schools and churches or whoever, and they have to leave them how they found them. So mm. if it is really interesting kind of machine to be part of because you really really get an insight into how like every small role is important yeah so like you know you keeping people where they should be is important you being outside having a cigarette so they bump into someone when they're walking in so they feel comfortable that's really important and then also you know me out back chopping carrots for three days means they get a nice meal so So you've recently uh, been appointed mayor of Camden. What does this role entail and what did the process of getting of being appointed look like for you? So as mayor in Camden, you kind of have a dual role. There's a sort of the role is apolitical. So obviously I'm a Labour councillor, but um, for the year you are mayor, you sort of chair and preside over full council so you have to be apolitical because you have to you know chair it fairly a bit like the speaker of the house um in the house commons sure um so you do that stuff but then on the other side you also represent the borough so you get called the first citizen um which i think is a term from like ancient rome or something Mm. um so you represent the borough at events or um for example if royalty visited you would represent the borough then uh you also get to um, pick a charity and then fundraise for them, but also lots of organisations in the borough, be it commercial or charity, um, can invite you to things. And like schools might invite you to, uh, you know, speak to the kids or give out awards. I've got an event in a couple of weeks for like a sort of football championship. So I'll be there seeing some of the matches and giving out the trophies to the teams. Yeah. It's really, really varied. And you get to see the borough in like a completely different way 
because I was deputy mayor for two years because COVID. Um, And even in the period, the kind of first deputy mayor year, like the summer fairs I went to, the events I went to, um, even some of, like I went to a, I think it was the North, maybe it's like the North London, like semi-finals of like a sort of public speaking um, competition and just saw like amazing cams and kids delivering these awesome speeches on like a range of subjects and then the next day you might be opening a summer fair like it's really 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 it random. sounds like a lot of fun it sounds like a lot of opportunities to but I guess also it's, I mean to me you know I'm, I'm I suppose I'd consider myself a bit of an extrovert but even to me it sounds like it's quite a daunting um potentially yeah. a daunting role lots of lots of speaking opportunities that the kind of yeah. engaging with people that might not always be happy with how things are going and, and talking to them i mean is did your kind of background in kind of working with charities and working in charities help to set you up do you think it is, yeah it definitely is daunting i think my response to that is always to be like a slightly annoying over preparer so oh, um the mayor, the mayor doesn't turn up instantly knowing everything about every organization um sure. You do have to be kind of like booked. And as part of that process, people kind of tell you about their organisation, which means you can do your own research. You can kind of fill in the gaps. I think if someone's inviting someone, the mayor somewhere, Hmm. the least I can do and the way to show respect is to like deliver the best speech I can or find out about the charity or like actually act like I want to be there. Because most Hmm. of the time, like I really do. And I find the organisations in Camden really interesting. So um, that is the way I deal with, any nerves and generally I think I've kind of been told like oh the mayor shouldn't really speak for that long anyway like a mayor doesn't give huge like keynote speeches sure it's just opening events or speaking about an important event or like maybe ceremony or religious holiday or something so Mm. it's yeah you kind of you kind of get used to it and you can piece together different things to say and I think the longer it goes on the more you know about the borough and the more you can kind of spice it up with some colour from other events you've been to and other people you've met and I guess there's that kind of interconnectivity as it is in one one space that's kind of one large community in a sense is it yeah definitely I think the thing with Camden is it's a weird shaped borough but um from the kind of top north end to the south like we've got loads of really interesting groups and really interesting people Hmm. doing a lot of work to make you know the borough the best it can be so it's been really kind of like illuminating to find the the groups that are doing stuff or the events that I just wouldn't have known were happening even things down to like horticultural fairs and things I just wouldn't have seen like going and giving out medals to someone who's grown the biggest marrow just Mm. not really a thing I necessarily knew was happening but got to just see this group of volunteers that like get together and they grow stuff and they have their competition every year it's yes super interesting So um, part of your remit as mayor of Camden is supporting local charities. And I gather you've already begun supporting the charity that you selected as your chosen charity. How did you go about choosing a charity to support? And what did the charity do well to encourage you to support them? So, as I said before, uh, the mayor, not just in Camden, I think it's generally a sort of mayoral expectation that you pick a charity. um, And... I have never seen a charity lobby for it in Camden. So normally what happens is the incoming mayor has something on their mind or an issue or a particular area of interest. And then during their deputy mayor year, that's when you sort of 
speak to the charity, ask them if they'd like to be your charity, or if you've just got an area of interest, I think the mayor's office and the council can help you find a relevant charity that connects with that. Mm. Um, I selected Gingerbread, the charity for single parent families, because I came from a single parent family. They're based in Kentish Town, where I live. I think the work they do is really important. Um, and just want to raise them some money. Um, mm. I think, yeah, their work is important because there's the very like hands-on stuff, mm. like their helpline and advice and all the stuff on the website. But then also, as we know, and as charities have had to get kind of shrewder and shrewder over time, there's also the kind of public affairs, changing policy, releasing reports, getting eyeballs on this work you're doing and the changes you actually want to see at a high level. So they're kind of doing both of those things. And I think they're kind of both equally important. So I really wanted to get involved and help them with that as much as I could. I mean, is there the kind of charities listening to this uh, recording that may have mayors in other parts of the country or whatever? I mean, are there, you know, was, was with Gingerbread, was there anything that they did to really, obviously the cause is close to your heart, yeah. but was there anything they did to kind of really get your attention? Did they contact you a few years ago or anything like that? I think actually it was somebody else, another counsellor who probably told me about them first. And I kind of did a bit of research myself, thought they looked good, then had a conversation with them. And we had the COVID year, so we had to wait. Um, I think the one tip I would give to charities would be, I think this is the case across most of London in particular, I'm not sure about the rest of the country, that the deputy mayor is highly likely to become the mayor the following year. Right. So that so don't approach mayors, approach deputy mayors. So even since I've been um, appointed, I've had emails from charities and it's like, it's too late. Mm. Um because the planning that goes into it happens during the back end of the deputy mayor year. Right. When you're like planning a charity, having a meeting with them, asking them if they want to be your charity. I don't know if a charity's ever said no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so approach deputy mayors, because um, with mayors, it's generally going to be too late. And it's a great stamp of approval for any charity, I'm guessing, with, with the mayor kind of wanting to support them. It, it kind of, it, it, some kudos for them. And I guess also there's the inevitable fundraising and PR oh. awareness raising too. I think it really must be useful for them, particularly for smaller charities, because you do just get additional PR opportunities. And mm. um, I'm kind of willing to do anything to get some attention for my charity. So <laughs> that probably makes it a bit easier for them. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you can get into the local paper. If they host events, it's more likely to get picked up. You then have, you know, the kind of mayoral Twitter account and Instagram and stuff that will talk about what you're doing, which just gives mm. you an additional avenue and just gets you extra people who know about the work you're doing yeah because I think as we all know like there are so many things going on in the world there are many things people can be aware of but how many things can you really get people to truly like care about and engage with so just having an additional way in to get your charity in front of people I think must be super super useful but also I guess charities probably have to think about how they can leverage that and what they can do long term rather than just having one huge year where they're rushed off their feet because they've got a mayor So uh, given the, the current pandemic, and of course we're recording this in uh, it's June, so I had to check yeah. my diary then, um, the year's flying by, we're in June, obviously no one knows when we're going to get out of this terrible thing. The impact this is having on face-to-face -face contact is probably uh, well understood. Um, how are you planning to then go about supporting Gingerbread and, and where are you looking for your inspirational ideas? I think for me, um, firstly, in terms of ideas and support, I wanted to do events that 
people I knew would want to come to in terms of fundraising stuff. So I'm like just about hanging on to my youth. Uh, so I want to do some things that are kind of a bit more fun, maybe some brunches, maybe some like spirits tastings. There's always a kind of big dinner at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But on the way towards that, kind of just do things that I think aren't just always aimed at people who have a lot of money. Because, um, yeah. you know, small donations definitely add up, as anyone mm-hmm. in charities kind of knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also it's kind of all of that is done with the hope that this, era winds down at some point so one of the things I've really wanted to do from the very beginning was to do a family picnic hopefully towards the end of July because I think that would be a really nice event and also it means that families can see other families like them Mm. gingerbread Mm. talk a lot about the stigma from being from a single parent family so I think a bit useful way for parents to connect and a useful way for kids to see that their family aren't freaks like yeah entirely fine to be from single parent family you can be successful too it's not a moral failing you don't have to be embarrassed like single parent families can be created through you know choice bereavement divorce there's Mm. lots of different reasons so I want to host some events that obviously like raise money for the charity but also events that like actually help single parent families um and then some events that might lead to long-term relationships for the charity so um I know in other years mayors have kind of hosted awareness events where the charity get to present what they do to local business people or kind of other local politicians um so we're hoping to mix in some of those when people can actually mix and are you getting any sense of the people the businesses that may have supported events in the past are you getting any sense that they're now getting back to a point where they can support or I think we're quite lucky in Camden in that there are some organizations that always support the mayor's charity Mm. um so it's just about um maybe gently waking them up after a year where we um had everything was a bit strange I've had some meetings with organizations like I said that always support the the mayor's charity and they're kind of happy to get back on board but it's just sort of working out like what that help looks like Mm. I think, as you know, like charitable donations can take many, many forms. Like, is it cold, hard cash? Is it you have an amazing venue? Could you co-sponsor something so we can bring the cost down so more people come and then the take-home profit is more for the charity? I think there's lots of different ways that um, organisations can help. So it's just kind of finding the right way in, I think. But the mayor's office have been at this for a long time. So they sort of have a like mental Rolodex of every organisation in Camden that's ever helped and what they normally do. So hopefully we'll tapping into that. So Sabrina, you've been you've been mayor of Camden for a month now, which isn't a great deal of time. But mm-hmm. in that time, have you have you um, has you have your eyes been opened any more to to normal? Because obviously you know Camden so well. But yeah. in terms of the the charities that are working there and, and operating there, as I say, you, it's like constantly eye opening because you just you get these requests and there's groups you didn't even know existed. But mm. I think my very 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 first event was for a home for people with mental health uh, difficulties and that was like a really good first event in some ways because you just got to see like a group of people that are really like helping each other and they're really looking after their residents and the residents had written a book of self-help mantras and it had tasks in it um which I now have a copy of uh so yeah being able to just have your eye opened like on my very first event just a group I hadn't met before and an organization I hadn't it's Sydney Carib House up in the north of the borough mm. like that was 
really good and that was like straight away the first event just like a group I'd never seen and finding out about their work and how they help their residents there are lots of obviously charities out there but if you want to be a mayoral charity which is a great opportunity in terms of um PR and like you know general awareness raising and fundraising definitely speak to a deputy mayor and if you can kind of find out what the things they're likely to be interested in through speeches they've given at council or maybe questions they've asked in their full council and then you can make sure you're approaching the right person because I've had some quite cold approaches that were just like you know um our charity deals with this issue this issue happens in Camden as well can we be your charity and it's essentially no and it's way too late but um it's a great opportunity for charities so they should definitely try and jump at it but just do a little bit of research first approach the deputy mayor try and work out what they're interested in and then you can have a great year those listeners listening to this who maybe live in an area where you know there are mayors and they may want to consider themselves uh, running for mayor at some point do you think is other am i right in saying that some of the skills that people will be getting from working or volunteering charities will help them on that journey potentially becoming a mayor oh, yeah like absolutely i think just the juggling you often have to do in a charity the different priorities you have like your awareness of issues that are affecting people mm. would be useful so generally speaking you have to be like to be the kind of mayor I am, I sort of like ceremonial mayor, I suppose. Um, I am a local councillor. So mayors in Camden and generally, again, across London are selected from the local councillors in that borough. Right. Um, so you'd need to be a local councillor first before becoming mayor. But even the skills you have working in charities will put you in good stead to be a local councillor in the first instance. Madam Mayor, Mayor of Camden, <laughs> Sabrina Francis, thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. Thanks for having me. big thank you there to Sabrina Francis, Mayor of Camden, for charities seeking support from their local mayor, understanding when to approach as well as whether your cause is right for them is much like any other relationship building thought process. We've spoken time and again with experts in many different disciplines and from different fields and we keep on coming back to the same universal learning which is know your target audience and engage with them on their terms as the best chance of getting them on board with your cause. In the Mayor of Camden's case, this means approaching the Deputy Mayor or even building relationships with councillors. Make sure that your cause fits with the local borough that you're seeking to build a relationship with too. I, for one, hold on to the idea that among the challenges that we face in society at the moment, one thing that we can all do is to find ways of engaging with our local communities and helping our local communities. Many of us are already working to support one community or another in our charity work, whether that's paid or voluntary. But there's also this soothing personal outcome of working with your neighbours and local community to make things better. Perhaps getting involved within your local council would be something that would bring you and your community additional value. It's worth looking into. One of the great things about working and volunteering within the charity sector is that sense of doing something for someone else and dedicating time to worthy endeavours. So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. 
We'd love to hear from you either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, our platinum sponsor charity people for enabling us to share insights, expertise and best practice across our sector. Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Aksumit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out right now. That's it from me. Keep on doing what you can. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.